Just a quick language warning before the podcast starts, because of the explicit content and nature of the film, the adult nature of the film, myself and Emma are using the same type of adult language. I know we do drop a couple of F-bombs, but it's just to let you know before it starts that there could be some language you may find inappropriate. Thank you. They're ready for stardom. They're ready for fame. They're ready for their close-up. Come on, girls. Let's go shopping. This is the story of three hard-working guys. What kind of cabaret do you do? We dress up in women's clothes and parade around mouthing the words to other people's songs. Who are about to discover... Ta-da! Been asked to do a show out of town. How long is the run? Four weeks. That hitting the road is hard. I hereby christen this budget Barbie camper Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Especially in heels. Hello and welcome once again to the My Favourite Film podcast. This will be episode number seven, believe it or not. I'm your host, Gav Smith, and this week I spoke to Emma Hazlitt about The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Before I get into that, just to say once again, if you want to get in touch with me here at the podcast, the email address is myfavouritefilmpodcast at gmail.com or you can find me on Twitter at myfavefilm. If you're enjoying the podcast, please pop over to Apple Podcasts and put on a five-star rating and review. It is those ratings and reviews that help the podcast be discovered by other listeners. Let's get into my chat with Emma Hazlitt uh, about The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. As I said, uh, this is a spoiler-filled podcast, so if you haven't seen the film, it might be an idea to go out, watch the film first, and then come on back. The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert is a film from 1994, written and directed by Stephen Elliott. It starred Hugo Weaving, Guy Pearce, and Terence Stamp. It's about a female impersonator, Tick, or Mitzi, played by Hugo Weaving, who gets an offer to play a season at his ex-wife's hotel in Alice Springs. He, she, then sets out with his two friends, Adam, Felicia, played by Guy Pearce, and Bernadette, played by Terence Stamp on a road trip across the Australian outback in an old school bus affectionately called Priscilla. Along the way, they meet up with hostility, love, homophobia and ping-pong balls. I hope you enjoy my chat with Emma. Hello, Emma. How are you? Hi, Gav. I'm all right. I'm ready for half term, but I'm good. Thank you. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, to give it its full title, not just Priscilla, yes. Queen of the Desert. Um, 1994 film, which seems like yes. not long ago, but there you go. Maybe it is a long time. No, um, I would have been 11. Ah, oh, bless you. Uh, oh, ah, yeah. so young. <laughs> I wouldn't I have been 11, but we'll not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, let's ask the big question. Why is this your favourite film? It just is. Oh, okay. Um, Fair enough. From the fact I, I like, I like camp. Um, I, I, I have a big thing for um, drag queens. Um, I do love the whole um, idea behind the fact of how cheap this actual film was, and for it to then end up winning the the Palm d'Or at, at Cannes, which yep. is the, the big award that they release every year and then getting an oscar for the costumes which were ended up making on such a budget it is unreal yeah that it, it just show that actually you can make something so cheap and walk away with the big 
the big awards and that cult following because it, it didn't, you know, do particularly well when it was released. No, but it didn't. Years down the line, you know, it, it's there with the the classics. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think that I think it's that little love story of, you know, something so small, personal to to a director, then then becoming such a, a classic later on, and, and you found followers and things like that. Yeah, fair enough. And so, Australian, oh, we don't see Australian films out there. No, it uh, it probably came out about oh, was Strictly Ballroom just before this or just after this? I can never remember. But it was around that time that the sort of the Australian cinema boom kind of happened, and we got a few films coming out. Yeah, it was Muriel's Wedding was in in yes, production that's at the, the same one, time, yeah, yeah. and that's the other big one of that. So it, it, basically, it's it means to you a lot from the point of view of it being the small film that could. And did something massive, and has now still got a massive following. Yeah. What, what, twenty odd, thirty odd years now, nearly thirty years onwards, isn't it? Yeah, it'll be it'll be thirty in about three yeah. years' time, yeah. won't it? Yeah, <laughs> that's quite scary. Yeah, um, well, I think about how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, shouldn't say things like that. Yeah, um, it's it's quite a confused or com- not confused, quite a complex little story. It doesn't seem it at first glance, but actually when you look into it, there's an awful lot going on here with um, Hugo Weaving's character, Tick, which is a great name. Yeah. And Terrence Stamp's character, Bernadette. And of course, Guy Pearce playing Adam or Felicia, depending on which way you look at it. Um, It's... But there's a lot of complex stuff going on about Tick and his ex-wife and the reasons he's going across the country and all of that type of stuff. What sort of part of the story draws you in the most from those? I guess there's three different stories, isn't there? So. I think it's it's quite interesting if you think about what it, what effect it would have had when this was out in in 1994, and yeah. you think about the AIDS pandemic um, yeah, yeah. worldwide, and yeah. and all of the stigma back then, and I mean even even like up until recently, we've still got that lack of equality and stigma oh, um, yeah. attached yeah. Um, to LGBT um, stories and representation yeah. that's out there. Um, so the fact that we've got such kind of like a marginalised group that's promoted as friendship. More yeah. than anything, it is, and, isn't it? and family being, family being your cho- the people that you choose to be around. Cause yeah, you know, you, you get to see a little bit of of Adam's um, family background and Bernadette's family background, and yeah. you know, what what's what's kind of caused them to be where they are now, and and relationships surrounding them, and yeah. that that kind of resonates a lot more now with with. The just the whole general ethos of, of equality nowadays and and this better representation. So it, it, I thank the fact that it was one of the few, and it's, it seems really weird to think that in nineteen ninety four, just while this was filming, we also had to Wong Fu Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar. We did, yes. Which was the American um, kind of like I want to say equivalent, but you know, a little bit more mainstream. Of yeah. Types in there and and Patrick Swayze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And John Lewis's face. Um, yes. I can't remember his surname. Lagoon. Gomez, oh. yeah, um, yes. but it was significantly <laughs> different. Focusing on on very much the pageants and the yes. the, the glamour of it all, and this was a bit more down to the down to the realism. Um, you know, the whole taking these people that felt very much out of 
out of sync with society they felt like they didn't really belong and that's yeah. kind of you know evident in all the visuals throughout the film yeah taking these people that very clearly are different yes. to everybody else um and on the final destination look everyone's happy look what look what's happened yeah yeah, you know, yeah. There's a title to it all so i think that that's i think that's the biggest drawing for me is that everything ends with this happy ending and, and the characters are just they're so lovable yeah they are yeah they are you know they are not for want of faults throughout any of them really um yeah yeah they i like that's the thing that that stands out for me with it all yeah i mean you mentioned that tu wong fu which obviously it's not an american a lot of people say it's an american remake but it's not because it's a different story and it was in production about the same time weren't they kind of came out roughly back to back almost it was when when was going into cans um that they found out that this was in production so there was the officers worries about yeah um is it going to be the same is it going to take anything away and it's significantly different enough it is yeah um yeah. still covering some of the same themes of you know um lgbt um and drag being very much an outcast and yeah. people's perceptions and yeah. acceptance that's you know an underlying theme throughout both of them but you know focusing on like i said that it's a road trip of three three drag queens and transforming one that's not quite as glamorous as the yes. other two yes. you know whereas this uh priscilla is very much on the on that drive for you know um being part of family again and, and yeah. this is what we need to realize where home is yeah and what is home and, and is it the people is it the place and i think that's what the ultimate main difference was that and the budget obviously well yeah the budget <laughs> is very different i would have thought yeah. although from a point of longevity Priscilla's certainly got the longevity that Tu Wong Fu hasn't. You don't hear anything about that, yeah. particularly now. It's not known as being a big film. And no, I, I doubt that Wesley Snipes were... would um, be putting it down on his CV very often, going, oh, yeah, I was in Tu Wong Fu. Um, but it's, it's a very yeah, you've difficult. You've got to be a fan of Patrick Swayze to remember that he's in it. He yes, plays probably. a very good drag queen, though. He does. Stunning. Yeah. yeah. But that's, that's the similarity between both films, I suppose, that they both got very strong typically heterosexual males playing the drag queens that they're not playing heterosexual males within the program, but they are the film rather, but they are typically in their other roles in life have always been the strong heterosexual male. Yeah. I, was, I mean, we, when, when you think about um, Stephen Elliott that produced this, he's um, a gay director yeah. uh, himself and it was based a lot on his experiences. And in terms of casting, um, they didn't want, um, Guy Pierce, he was too pretty. Um, <laughs> they really didn't want him in there. Um, yeah. But they'd originally auditioned um, Ralph Fiennes and Jason Donovan. Wow. And the chemistry was shocking because um, there was a lot of rumours going around that, that Jason turned down the role of uh, Felicia because of the issues, you know, with um, the Face magazine when they claimed right. that he was gay and he yes. had a whole big lawsuit um, taken out. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't. It was him and Ralph Fiennes. It just did not work. It just didn't work um, no, they had um, loads of other random people up for for um, the two main leads as well. I think Colin's first name was put in there at one point randomly, yeah. but they they went with um, Hugh God worked with him on his first film Frauds. Yeah, um, and so, and then Terence Stamp didn't want to to do it at all, but then eventually conv- was convinced to to take part in it, yeah. and then they wanted this this attractive person. Um, and he is, he's quite a dishy guy to look at. He's, he's yeah. definitely got those looks as um, as Guy Pierce, but yeah. neither 
neither Hugo or Terence are attractive, you know, traditional no, male not. leads, are they? At no. all. So they have again that reality that you don't get with to Wong Fu. This is this is real yeah. life. This is what normal people that do drag can look like. You know, yes. it, it yeah. is a bit rugged. It's a bit rough around the edges, and yeah. you know, back in the but it wasn't RuPaul's Drag Race learn lots of money to you know, <laughs> no. throw on your best your know, Gautier outfit. You know, no. it, it was rough and ready. It was yeah, you meant yeah, yeah. to. It was you buy stuff off a high street and put it on. Yeah. So, and there's, there's some uh, some great costumes that they get from doing just grabbing stuff from the high street and seeing what they can do. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. The um, the thong dress is the most of, of all of them, and like I said, it, it got the Oscar for best costuming. And yeah, if you, they were quite lucky. We because the budget was so small, they they didn't have they couldn't afford any studio time. So that's one of the reasons why everything's filmed on a bus or on the road. Yeah, um, they were practically living in the the buses it was driving. So the, there are shots that I've looked closely. I can't say that I've noticed, but apparently the director and the producers are in the bus hiding right. underneath the lampshades. Um, right. Because they didn't have the, the space, so all of the kits underneath. Yeah. But the costumes, it was all on a such a shoestring. One of the producer's parents, I think it was mum, worked at Target. Um, so because they, they really wanted this idea of the credit card dress yes. instead of this um, flip-flop thong dress. Yeah. Um, and they were turned down for it. So they went and got these flip-flops, and because they got discount at the shop as well, they walked out with all of the flip-flops, you know, hot-glued them together and <laughs> cost them, like, a couple of dollars to, to do it and yeah. you know that that's getting them an oscar yeah um, the, the, it's a brilliant like, dress <laughs> oh it's stunning i yeah i'd gladly want that i want the pony outfit though uh, in all honesty which is the one that um felicia wears when they're they're going into um uh, they're in broken hill and yes. they're going to the pub and it's got the big um yeah like ponytail on the yes. back of the, yeah, the yeah. flowery pants and things that, yeah. That's the outfit I really want. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's like when they were dressed as Gumbies um, in the desert dancing, that's like toilet, um, like the stuff that holds toilet disinfectant in your loo all yes. made up on the headdresses. And, yeah, there's some bizarre stuff for, going on. Yeah, The wig. Oh, absolutely. But it just look, it looks amazing. That, that's it the does. thing. It does. I mean, it all looks yeah. amazing. Just the, the whole cinematography, the way they've shot the, the outback. Um, I mean, all those shots of Guy Pierce sitting on top of the bus in the big high heel with the cloth behind him just in the wind. and When he's singing Verdi, yeah. Well, yeah. Sorry, not singing, but lip syncing to Verdi. Lip syncing yeah. Verdi, yeah. yeah. I mean, just some amazing shots that's, just of the outback there. That's the, the whole... It's, there's, there's two key shots in the entire film that if, you've got, if people uh, are thinking about Priscilla, they, they mm. tend to think back to and there is the one of Felicia singing on the on the top of the heel yeah. um just that that's it's iconic you need something that stands yeah. out yeah illuminous silver nice long trail yeah just driving across the desert yeah you know it just looks so out of place that it has it to does. be memorable yeah yeah then the other one is the three at the back of the three of them stood on top of King's Rock yes um, with the sunset yeah. Um, which is on both of those, like the key marketing materials that yeah. you'll, you'll see. Yeah, in um, their boots. It, yeah, and your little uh, walking boots to get up the hill. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't want to climb up King's Rock in heels. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the original picture for that one was taken. It was the it was Stephen, the director, there was a producer, and I can't remember who the other one was, but they just went and stood and took that picture in, in the drag outfits, and that's what they sent to Cannes as their marketing materials. Wow. So it wasn't even... 
it wasn't even the three actors that were were dressed in it. So yeah. that was taken long before they started filming. Wow. Things, so. Wow. But yeah, the, the, just the aesthetics of, of that desert, because um, they, were, they were quite unfortunate with them. When they were filming this, there was Mad Max um, being filmed at the right. other side of a creek somewhere. Oh, right, so okay. They, all of these, you know, um, what, which one is it? Not Broken Hill, the other one. i um, forgotten the name of it. Um, one of the little towns that they visit later yeah. on. Um, the loads of other random, uh, not random films, but big American, big Australian films because of the desert kind of scene. Yeah, yeah, them. of course, yeah. Um, so, but Mad Max is the most famous one that I can remember off the top of my head. But just, yeah. just filming at particular day, daytime to uh, morning and evening just to get the colour. Yeah. Um, make that, that red stand just stand out so That's much. That's amazing, yeah. yeah. It, it, it just, it really makes the, the whole thing with, with the characters being out of place. Yes. It yeah. just stands out so much more when you've got them in these amazing colour dresses. So when you've got the one with um, Hugo... Uh, weaving his, his um, tick in the desert when they're broken down and he's there in this green um, kind of slinky little number yeah. kind of like floating everywhere yeah. um, against the red red background and they've got this polarised nice blue sky yeah. uh, just helping it just pop out and just yeah. again it just goes back to that it's oddity it's slightly absurd that it is, you know, yeah. Yeah. ever ever happen and again yeah. that's what kind of makes it a little bit more memorable and and things for you as well I quite that's I like that bit. Yes, I mean it's it, it stand out. Yeah, I mean there is. There's a lot of it that it, it does. Everything about it's the whole way it's filmed stands out all the way through, even from your early beginnings when you're in the nightclub. Um, it all, I don't know. It all just fits together. And you, you, when the drag queens are on stage, everything sings, and uh, not literally, but because they're lip syncing, but. The whole way they're shown, the whole way they're shot, they stand against everything, even though it's a dive they're in. You know, the, the place they start off in is just not the nicest of bars in the world. Yeah, it, but it kind of feels a little bit kind of social realist in yeah. one way. It, it, the quality of it, um, but yeah, the the reenactments of things that you know, it's what what was happening in the the nightlife in Australia at the time. You know, the, we didn't have they didn't have like the viaducts and the bird cages that we've got nowadays and the big um, purpose built drag clubs like yeah. you know Freedom and things. So you were dancing on a on a not on a stage but on a bar. Yeah, and if people weren't really listening to you. Yeah. So that that's where it was. Yeah. So, so should we uh, should we just kind of go through? the film and the, the kind of story and take us through, I suppose, the adventure that these three guys have in their bus. Um, it kind of starts off with uh, Adam and Tick, who are working together as drag performers or drag queens, whichever you want to call them. I don't know what the, the correct politically correct term is, but I don't know if there even is one. Um, they, Adam then has a, not Adam, sorry, Tick gets a call from his wife, who he doesn't say at any point that it yep. is his wife. Yep. Um, but that he's going to go on this yeah, adventure. Yeah, they're strange. Yeah. Yeah. But he doesn't tell anyone that he's got a wife. This is the, the kind of... This, uh, so this is the complex bit, I no. think, of the story, that there's a lot going on with Tick that you don't know about. 
what you think is yeah we're, the audience are in that very privileged position that we we know a little bit more than what's going on yes and i think that really helps with the whole the the things about identity yes. and trust as well and you know i'm i'm very much an ally of lgbt community i'm yeah. not exactly yeah. the right person to ask for for all of this but um it, it, it seems like he's very much struggling with who he is um, as a whole. Yeah. Um, and throughout the, the film, he, he it's kind of like a, a sense of discovery. Yes. Of, uh, or acceptance for him as well. Um, so starting off with the whole, okay, I, I need to go back and see the wife. Um, yeah. We find out that he, he does have a son, which yeah. is alluded to at the very beginning in the hospital. Um, yes. And he tells... He tells his friends that, you know, eventually that the gig was provided to him by his wife. Yeah. But then he declines to, to fill them in when he is asked, do you have a, a kid? And from the, the, the performance and the cinematography and everything from it, it very much feels like he's doing that because he doesn't want them to, to keep hassling him about questions. Yeah, yeah. Because we've already, there's already questions about, oh, well, are you gay? Are you straight? Make your mind up. Yes. And back in the 1990s you know even it felt very binary back then yeah 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 um you, you won or the other and they yes. address that within within the film and then it's not until the very end uh, well they kind of like final third of the film where the shock of him having a, a son to his friends yeah um because it i suppose it might have felt like unheard of that back then that you know you you had that family or is it you know was it weirder to to have that family and be LGBT, you know, yeah, yeah, not as not as commonplace as it is is now. So you kind of get that controversy from looking at it from a perspective of the 2021 to yeah. what it would have been like at, at that time, where it might have been a little bit more secretive. What would the, the community have, have thought? What would his friends have thought? Yeah. Why did he keep it a secret? You know, there's lots well, of it, it's almost the other way around to the way sometimes you see these things that you know. The, the gay man is pretending that he's not gay and trying to be straight, whereas in this situation, he's a gay man who's hiding the fact that he was once straight and had oh, a wife and a child. It's it's kind of the opposite way around. Yeah, and then you see at the very end him trying to, because he's he wants to have a relationship with his son. Yeah, um, <laughs> he he changes again and he's trying to be something that he's not and, yeah. and dresses in his full on like crocodile Dundee safari outfit to, to come across as being incredibly butch and looks even more uncomfortable yeah and we kind of learn via via benji talking to felicia that mum had a girlfriend yeah. so it, it's not like and this kid is so brazenly open with everybody oh, like, absolutely yeah is that gonna have a boyfriend when we get back oh yeah that's good i really don't care what you do i just know that you're the best in the business yeah exactly and, yeah and i think that that's that's one of the most amazing things is showing that kids really don't care. No, they don't. You know, we, don't. we have such an influence in society now with the whole, oh, kids can't be told this, that, or the other about sexuality. They're, yeah. They, they don't know any different. They're, they're taught what we, we teach them. Yeah. So they, they learn hate from everybody else. This kid doesn't care whether his dad is gay, straight, or indifferent. No, not at all. I'm be there and, yeah. you know, be, be yourself. And you see Tick after the, you know, the where they go out for the day and, he, and he's actually saying to him, do you do know what I am, don't you? Yeah. And the kid's like, yeah, just best in the business. So it's like, not that you're anything different to me. No, no, no. Yeah. It's just a performer. And that, okay, I want to be yeah. myself now. Come on, we're... And he goes we're, off and performs, yeah. I'm going to bring it all home. And... Yeah. 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 
Um, yes, so, we were at the, yeah, at the beginning. <laughs> go on, take us, take us through the what, what happened. So we have Tick and Adam are going to be going on this trip, but they need a third who Tick decides is going to be Bernadette, who is recently yeah, widowed. So, yes, yeah, so Bernadette is um, transgender. Yeah. And the male to female. And he Tick calls her, and unfortunately, bad timing. Um, she she has just lost her partner. Yes. Um, who was affectionately known as Trumpet, um, who died um, whilst peroxiding his hair in a bathroom. So he slipped over. So again, something quite <laughs> absurd and surreal. It is, yeah. Um, now, Bernadette is appears to be in her late 40s, early 50s-ish, maybe a little yeah. bit older. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's 25. Um, yeah. So there's lots of, of little gags about, obviously, you know, the age difference or, and what it's like to have a relationship with a uh, young person. Um, or the fact that somebody with a transgender person as yeah. well. Um, and later on, we actually find out why he's called Trumpet. Yes. Um, which Do you want to allude to that now? Um it was actually cut from the original movie, and okay. it was um, the line was that the reason he was affectionately known as Trumpet wasn't because he could play, because Tick says, "Oh, I never heard him him play the trumpet, thinking he's musical," and it was because he had an unusually large foreskin, as he would be able to get around, um, and depending on who you speak to, um, a, a digestive biscuit or a ginger nut biscuit, <laughs> if you listen to the musical or whatever the Australian biscuit is. <laughs> but yeah. There you go. I can never remember what the biscuit is. I've seen the musical too many times to, to replace it. But yeah, so there's lots of like interesting little lines like like that through yeah. thrown in. Yeah. Um so she realizes that actually I need to I need to get away from all of this. Maybe um going on the road with you guys will will help. Um yep. she thinks it's just the two of them. So Tick says, Nope, no, actually it's gonna be the three of us. Um and that's where we get introduced to Felicia properly. Yeah. Um, who Bernadette and Felicia don't particularly see eye to eye no. on a lot of things. No. She, she's not, not particularly impressed that, that she's going to be joining them. Um, and she says, um, we're unplugging our curling wands and going bush. Um, <laughs> so what makes you kind of think that you're going to be able to hack it? Yeah. And it's actually kind of like Felicia's dream to that that kind of drives a lot of the the main plot as well um and towards the end sequence um so he, he explains that ever since he was a little little girl he's had a dream of dressing up in full showgirl glamour a gaultier dress and climbing to the top of king's rock um to basically stand there as a drag queen yes and that's yes. why the iconic line of just just what we need this country needs a cock in a frock on a rock <laughs> Um, so that and that's the end goal that the, yes yeah. they end up at the very end in Alice Springs yeah they go for a day trip they yep. then walk up to the top of King Canyon and yep. then that's when they realize look how beautiful this I want to go home yes so he Absolutely. achieves his goal as well as, as taking with his, his family yeah um so yeah so they they need to raise the money to get there or figure out how to 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 arrive so bless Bless little um, um, little Felicia. He he speaks to Mummy and gets lots of money, um, yeah. and buys Priscilla. Yes. So this nice bus. big silver bus. Yes, it does look like a plane with its wings clipped. It does. And they that, they decide that's how they're going to get there. Yeah. So he christens it the budget Barbie camper van Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. 
So Excellent. the title of the film rests on 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 Felicia. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I quite like the whole um, let, let's ring mummy and beg her for money because, you know, you never know, maybe a little trip to the outback will help me get over this little phase I'm going through. Yes. I might meet a little country girl. <laughs> yes. Um, kind of thing. So, <laughs> it, it's nice to put together. Helping him pack and giving him loads of, yeah, mum helps him pack and is shipping him off with loads of dresses and things yeah. like that for his suitcase. Yeah. Uh, so There's definitely an interesting dynamic there with his, his mum. Yeah. And then we just have them on the road for quite a bit. So they are driving, um, obviously very tedious. There's less than the three of them in yeah. confined space. Um, they do lots of singing and miming. They do. And lots well, of irritating job. each other. Yeah, yes. Lots of irritating each other. Rubbing each yes. other up the wrong way. Yeah. Um, they, um, they eventually break down. Accidentally, is that your girls could put in the middle of nowhere? Yeah. Um, so they have to try and, and figure out what's going to happen. Luckily, they are saved. And this is a bit of the film I don't quite understand. Um, they start having a little bit of campfire and they're doing a bit of a practice, you know, to kill some time. Yeah. And then an Aborigine arrives, scares the bejeebas out of each other because yeah. they didn't know he was there. Yeah. It's like it must have been close enough for them to walk because they actually walk. Well, yeah, they walk with camp. them, don't they? Yeah, to his camp. Yeah. Yeah. So like, how how close you walked in the opposite opposite direction to try and get you know help? Yeah, <laughs> quite randomly. Well, it's because because um, Bernadette yeah. walks off for ages and she seems to be gone an awfully long time. We have the sun goes down and it gets dark, and I can't remember if the sun goes back up again while she's still walking. Uh, and she comes back because she looks fairly normal, and she comes back with a, a couple in a car, doesn't she? And then as soon as they see Tick yeah, and Felicia... Yeah, and they are not they... impressed about the, <laughs> <laughs> the, the the weirdness that's going on when you've got... Um, okay, we've skipped a bit, though, because pay- uh, Felicia's pe- painting the bus at that oh, yes, point. yes, of course, yeah. So he's... Yeah, um, and Tick's off dancing his little green frock. Yeah. And they come back and they're all excited. <laughs> and they look maniacal with the fish-like expressions. Oh, my God, we're being saved. Um, whilst you got the the guys dressed in in like I said they're not the most attractive of green outfits and, no. and things no. and kind of put two and two together and come up with like seventy six yes it's like <laughs> nope we're not dealing with this <laughs> they just drive away um, yeah non speaking actress I think actually there's a cut scene and they actually do say something that oh, makes them all look um, but they had. They had trouble with. They wanted all three of them to look up and go, "Where?" and then turn their heads in a particular direction, and they couldn't do it. So they ended up cutting the scene. It's on the um, <laughs> the DVD extras. All right. But yeah, just, just before before that, we've missed out. So on the way, they um, Felicia is properly, you know, winding Bernadette up, and yes. it gets hard to shut up. Um, and they start a little bit of a, a contest in the back of a game of cards because um, she's asking Tick lots of questions about his wife and things. Yeah, yeah. And he loses there. So they end up going to um, a little town and they're, they're there to go out in drag and yep. go to a, a bar, which yes. is one of my favourite lines from that scene. Um, so they're, they're checking into the Palace Hotel. Yeah, um, which you can go stay in, and the room they still have the room exactly the same. Wow! And when when they go to the bar, it's proper full of your stereotypical kind of redneck kind of outback. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, 
characters and in walk these three three drag queens in, <laughs> in full drag yes. and they go to the bar they're wanting a decent cocktail menu and um benedette asks for a, a lime daiquiri a vodka martini a lime daiquiri a bloody mary a vodka martini a lime daiquiri and you get shirley who is in she looks like she's been running around in the dirt in a little white vest yeah um Bit Rapsy Nesbit esque kind yeah. of white vest. <laughs> yes. Um, and a mullet. She's got a mullet. And mm-hmm. she's like, oh, look what the cat dragged in. You know, where are you from? Are you from Uranus? Um, you can't have anything. We've got nothing for you here. Yeah. And my almost favorite line in the movie Bernadette has the sternest of faces. And when Shirley puts a hand on the on hers on the on the, the bar, like, no, you're not, you know, welcome here kind of attitude. She's like, listen here you mullet why don't you light your tampon and blow your boxes apart because it's the only bang you're ever going to get sweetheart and (laughs) i so wish i would be in a situation where i could use that but also (laughs) situation where i would use that now listen here you mullet why don't you just light your tampon and blow your box apart because it's the only bang you're ever going to get sweetheart the whole sequence was based on a real night out that they had whilst they were doing what um, Stephen Elliott described as tranny training. All oh, right, okay. So when they were all pre-production um, and getting accustomed to their outfits and things, yeah, they, yeah. they all went out on a night out. Because Terence's face throughout most of the film, he hated being in drag. until you tell, towards the end you of the He didn't like the nails, all that kind of stuff. Um, whereas Hugo got really into it. And yeah. from, from the stories that are out there, the... Um, Hugo ended up on the floor under a table, so drunk. Um, so they recreated that and they put him on the bed, tapping on his chest, just like he did in, when he was found on this table. Yeah. Um, but Hugo was, um, he forgot that he was in drag and started enjoying the fact that nobody knew who he was and started chatting a girl up and had to be casually reminded <laughs> that you, you, you are you know, dressed in, in full drag there, love. Um, so they just they recreated some of the sequences from, from that. Which Brilliant. I, I quite, I, I love that. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Yes, that is where they they end up having, after that night out, thinking that it was all a great evening to um, walking back out and seeing the bus that following morning has been graffitied. Yes. So with that, it says, um, uh, go home, AIDS fuckers, or something like that. Yes, it's something along those Um, lines, yeah, yeah. It's it's really shocking. It is. uh, To see that... um, Especially because they've, yeah, they've had such a good night with the townsfolk in the bar. After that initial sort of hitting Shirley's sort of very homophobic, and then they have a great night with them. To then have yeah. that homophobic written on the bus just seems to jar against what's happened the night before. But it does, and what's what's quite. <laughs> The emotional impact on the audience, though, as well, is their reaction. Um, yeah. So Tick and Bernadette and, and Adam, they don't don't react in a way that you would expect. And it's kind of, the, I don't mean nonchalant about it, but it's just they're, used, they're so used to it. Yeah. And that's quite hurt, hurtful, you know, as an audience thinking, oh, my God, wow, that the, they'll be used to this kind of attitude. Yeah. And what impact's that going to have on them? Um, and you, the stop for petrol and or diesel, gas, whatever they call it over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you see Adam go in and he, he buys the paint to, to paint the the, the bus. Um, yeah. And the guy in there is lovely. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's such a nice little cashier man. 
but he just looks so desolate and yeah. you know disheartened with you know the reality of actually you know the inequality of, of our lifestyle yeah, yeah and why people want to you know gra- graffiti across the bus you know just let them be and yeah. off the go kind of thing yeah and then that's when when obviously they break down then later on and they meet the the aboriginal uh tribe and yes how they actually fit in very much with them and yeah they I mean, absolutely love the dance routines they love the um the, the sugar routines that they're putting on yeah. I, I will survive and they even get involved in it they do yeah one of them gets dressed so, up doesn't he and gets <laughs> starts doing the whole dance routine yeah, with and, them yeah and that's another scene that caused a, a lot of controversy with the 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 representations of, of the tribe and yeah um, thinking it was is quite offensive to them, and they they actually raised a point of well, actually, we're not being represented, you know, with the didgeridoos and you know tribal no, um, not, no. outfits that you expect. You know, we're no. presented as normal people. We, yeah. we don't live and just wear barely anything, little togas and, and stuff. Yeah. Um. So they were quite pleased, and you know, he's actively getting involved and with with the group as well. So I, th- I think it's quite the... nice, and, and it's him that helps set them up with a. Somebody's gone. fix the truck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole thing that there's the whole thing in Australia. Obviously, there's a big race discrimination between the Aboriginals and then, I suppose, the white men that have come in and, and taken over Australia from them. Um, but then that's mirrored in the homophobic thing and seeing how the outcasts can actually be together and it's okay for outcasts to be together and they seem to fit this bond that. Yeah, and that's quite a trope in lots of yeah. films, though. You always seem to get the outcasts sidled off together as well, yes. rather than everybody be mainstream. And uh, yeah, it's it's quite a difficult thing to to think about. You can understand why oh, yeah. it kind of causes issues and and, yeah. and things when you you look closely at it. Yeah, I mean, it's then that obviously the Aboriginals put them in touch with Bob, who yes becomes the fourth wheel basically, doesn't he? Yeah, Bill Hunter is yeah. absolutely amazing um, within that as the, the kind um, kind mechanic uh, yes. who takes him back to um, his little home out just outside Kubapidi. Yeah. Um, and we get to meet his wife, who happens to be um, some <laughs> kind of Thai bride, um, Philippine kind yeah. of area. Well, yes. It's, it's kind it, of, it's, it is explained in a flashback, isn't it? Yeah, later on, and again, yeah. quite a, quite an offensive stereotyping <laughs> twist. But yeah. the the interesting thing is the lady that um, Julie Cortez that plays Cynthia actually brought her own costume um, for a scene later on, which is even more equally shocking. She was kind of last minute. I hear you're needing this kind of lady. I can do the job for you, um, <laughs> which is kind of puts into context a lot. Um, so he Bob lives in this little outback um like we say we've got a filipino wife kind of kind of alluded to where she's from um who wants to do all the performing he asks lots of questions and he's generally inquisitive about um what they're doing and where they're going and and when um adam's like oh we we prance around in girls dresses and mime to other people's music it's like oh you mean like the girls the big famous you know drag act um or female impersonators it would have been known as yes it would be uh, back back then, yeah. that he'd seen yeah um and that's when we learned that actually bernadette was one of the girls yes she 
has this amazing performance history yeah. uh, with one of the biggest show troops going on. Yeah. So they decide they want to perform against their better judgment uh, yes. of the kind of area that they're in. Yeah. And <laughs> they perform um, shake your groove thing again on a bar. On a bar, um, yes. Met with, you know, not a pleasant reaction from everybody. No, no. Um, they're very much like, you know, uh, it's not, you know, I think what it's like, every man and his dog's out there. It's like, it's not the dogs I'm worried about. Uh, you know, are they muzzled up? You know, it's the humans that I'm really worried about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The lines about the the kind of the caliber of the people that are out there, and it's like this person's wearing their best corrugated iron. Yes, you know, it's not, at least the last place we were at actually had a dress shop kind of thing. So they're really stereotyping they in, are, in they? Yeah, the, yeah. the audience that's out there. And yeah, you know, it's, it's not the type of audience you'd expect to want to watch a drag show at all, isn't it? No, no. Again, very similar to the people that were in Broken Hill. Yeah. Um, so they go on and they're kind of booed off stage by. Cynthia, who is not allowed to perform, she's apparently banned from the um, <laughs> bar due to alcohol um, issues. And it turns out actually she she's a bit of an exotic performer. Yes, in, in an amazing scene, which everything is done through sound because you don't see anything whatsoever. No, not at all. Um, you know what's going on, though. You do. <laughs> um, to, it's really funny because when they when they redid the musical um the stage production the the song that they use for Cynthia is called pop music <laughs> the fact that um they she is um basically shooting ping pong balls out of orifices that you shouldn't really have ping pong balls yeah uh, yeah but she owns that outfit this amazing zebra stripe little number that <laughs> <laughs> like, wow I, god knows what she used to do before it but it's fantastic and she yeah, gets parted off at the end um yeah. Bob, who is maybe a little bit embarrassed, I don't know whether he's embarrassed by the wife or the fact that this is what she doesn't, or or by the fact that everybody else is leering at her. Yeah, yeah. And she drives but, off the following morning and leaves him, leaves him like yeah. and claims that he's got a teeny weeny little. Um, yeah. and that's why he's a bad husband. Yeah, well, I mean, Bob keeps all of her stuff locked away in a, a cupboard because you have that yeah, whole scene about up. looking at the chain and, and getting really angry and pulling the chains off and getting a costume from this small cupboard. So, yeah, so uh, I don't know whether he's... A, maybe she's done that a few times and he just doesn't like the, what the men are thinking. Yes. Or, you know, leering at her or anything like that. Yeah. I don't think she is banned from the bar. I think Bob bans her from the bar. I think yeah. she could go in any time she likes and the boys would love it. But Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's the excuse that he gives Bernadette and everybody, yes. isn't it? And yeah. I, it's quite nice to see that friendship develop so quickly as yes. well between... Bob and Bernadette, you see that he's got a genuine affection for him right yeah. away. Yeah. Um, and they even address as they're about to drive off into the sunset. Um, it's been really nice to meet a genuine gentleman because you're few and far between. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so to see somebody treat them as equal and as everybody else, I think that that's that rarity. Yeah. And they literally get a couple of hundred, you know, feet down the yard, and then it's like. Do you want a free ride to Cooperpedia? You're going to have to come with us because we're not going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> but then off the go. And he's then um, one of all... one of the troop. They're, they're on board mechanic. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we then see the the whole Bernadette and Adam frictions as well. So when you've yeah. got Bob driving, if there's an issue, um, and he accidentally, I don't know, it breaks a little bit too hard or there's roadkill and he has to swerve. You, you can hear Adam up on the roof on his shoe screaming down about yeah. Bernadette. It's like... Yeah. What are you doing? 
Bob like, oh, it was me. Oh, it's okay. Don't worry. It's fine. Yeah. Do the little reactions between them two. Yeah. Um. Then they get to to Coobapedia, which is proper rough. Yes. It's a it's a mining town where men are men. That kind it, of. Yeah, it's more rough than the previous two places they've been in, which we've already yeah. said were fairly rough. Yeah. <laughs> it's a completely uh, different but, style of rough, isn't it? Yeah, Bob basically says that it's it's a town where they go down the mine, they blow things up, and they come back up, and that's it. Yeah, there's nothing else, and we don't actually see any other females. No, uh, in, I think so. In Cooperpedia, they go to um, they get the option of um, the three of them going for a meal and staying in the like the the little motel. Yeah. Um, whilst Bob goes to a drive-in to catch up with some of his mates, and by yeah. driving, it's like it's literally walking and with some beers. Yes. On a barrel. Yes. Um. And Adam decides that he doesn't want to go for a meal. He's going to stay in his room. Yeah. But he's naughty. He's young and restless, um, as the TV <laughs> program goes. Um, and he finds that in his luggage, he might have stashed some drugs. Yeah. Takes something. And then... Not sure what? A little, bit, a little bit brazen and yeah. decides to go and uh, to basically check out the neighbourhood. <laughs> stumbles across a video shop which has got nicely advertised in the background um Stephen Elliott's first film frauds. Um didn't then, notice that. When he's at the county, yeah, on the poster okay. behind him. There you go, um, Lily And the guy that's playing the the counter guy is one of the producers as well. I can't remember which one it is, but right. they've all, oh, there's so many cameos it, it's Yeah, yeah. Well um, you when you're on a budget you you have to do that, don't you? Absolutely. So. And the yeah, so the, it goes from the video rental shop, you know, back in the days with VHS and then goes down and finds all his mates at the um Bob and all his mates down at the driving theatre kind of thing. Yeah. And starts chatting them up, asking for vodka. It's like you can have a beer or a beer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the sight kind of thing. Um it goes to get the glass out of somebody's hand. Um uh, it kind of oh, it, it kind of sees Bob in the distance and like, oh look who's over here. Bob the yeah, man yeah. like no no don't know him. Yeah. They see his biceps and it's yes. like oops you're not a man Ah, big panic. They yeah. start chasing want to beat him up. Yeah. Um, they finally catch him and basically want to really kick him to, yeah. to death. And they spread his legs and, and you have Bob running over and trying to protect him and everything. And, yeah. and Frank, the leader of the um, not-so-nice group. Yes. Um, Good name for them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He's um, like, no, oh, we want you as well. Um, come on, you deserve it. And Luckily, throughout all of this, um, Bernadette and Tick were having a nice little meal, um, discussing having children and yeah, Elizabeth, yeah. her children, which ones have turned out all right. And they see Adam run past, <laughs> it's like, oh, and great. the gang oh, run after him. And then, yeah, now it's quite comical that little bit. It's like great. So off they go, and you see Bernadette just kind of walk up so casually. Yeah. Uh, whilst Adam sat there on the floor, um, she starts saying um, something across, and, and Bob's very much like, "No, Bernadette, you stay out of this. You know, don't don't worry." Yeah. So Frank's like, "What? The whole circus is in town," um, and he starts. I'm sorry, the language in this film, all the key lines have got such language in them. I know. I know. Oh, yeah. I suppose you want to fuck too, don't you? Um, and he starts grabbing his crotch and his proper gesture. Come on, come come over here and fuck me then. Um, really yeah. aggressive in his tone. Yeah, absolutely. And Bernadette yeah. just kind of swishes over, <laughs> rolls up a sleeve, <laughs> and kicks him um, between the legs to you know a couple of times, and basically yeah. then just goes, um, "Now you're fucked." 
and then a, a bit of a hair flick. Yeah. And, like, and it's like that. Yeah, I've done it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just so, it's so funny, just how, the tone of it all. Like, yeah, you, you wanted this. I've done this now. So, and then off to go back and have a little bit of a cry over the fact that it was so stupid. Yes. Um, um, and why and you've got very different reactions as well you've got Tick who proper kicks off about it all he doesn't you know he, he's worried about obviously getting to see his wife and the yeah 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 the trouble that this might have caused and yes what it might be for him um so he has a very kind of like angry reaction to it and Bernadette's yeah. a little bit more sympathetic when the mothering instinct comes out in it her does and, definitely yes and, She's very much like I don't know whether the big walls of suburbia were designed to keep them them out or to keep us in. Yes, and just find how awful it is out there. And yeah. it, it's very much kind of like come to mama. You know, I actually like you, and, and you see them have quite a loving little relationship for for two minutes. It is it is almost um, their reconciliation bit, isn't it? Where they they put their distant differences aside and realize actually we're on the same team here. Yeah, um, absolutely. There is a, there's definitely a a mother figure there in Bernadette with Adam. Um, yeah, we do see Tick apologise later on when he can't talk. He's very much like, you know, I'm really sorry, I was angry, but I am really going to enjoy the fact that you're now bandaged up, you know, you, you can't speak yes. um, right now. <laughs> so he's kind of pitted out with a little bit of, of humour there as well. There is, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of the overnight stays, um, not long after um, Adam's been beaten up and everything. And yeah. they're, they're about to to head off and, and Bob's going to stay with them too. And they're sat outside and we've got this yeah. lovely scene yeah. um, where you, you find out Bernadette's true intentions um, yes. in very much one of those show, don't tell kind of style of we have to rely on a lot of the, the uh, shot reverse shot and the whole... Uh, Sorry, or the whole eye contact yes. um, between Tick and Bernadette. And yeah. they're all about going to bed that night. And she's like, no, can you can you kind of get Adam out of the way and leave me and yeah. Bob alone out here on our own? Yeah. And it's all done through eye contact of, oh, 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 okay, kind of thing. Yeah, it is, yes. And Very well done. <laughs> it's great. And, and they sit and have a conversation at, you know, just outside. We don't really hear anything of it. No, no. It's quite cute. Yeah. And we wake up the following morning and Tick looks out of the window of the, the bus and it's like, look who didn't come home last night. Yeah. And we've yeah. got Bernadette and we've got uh, Bob asleep outside. Because you can do that, obviously, in Australia without yeah. needing a tent or anything to keep you yeah, covered. Nothing's going to uh, get you, no. She's um yeah I won't do that. I've said all those nice shots of the lizards and spiders and things crawling yeah. over the desert. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're not the first person to sleep outside because um poor Adam yeah. gets to sleep outside one time. Oh, a long time earlier, his, uh, but on his own. Yep. <laughs> after his singing, uh, uh, I don't care if the sun don't shine to get my eleven in the evening time. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Much earlier. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the she's just like Bernadette's got a face in the cake and. Yeah. Yes. Again, they adapted it into the musical so well, 
um, from the classic uh, Donna Summer song and right. or Richard What's-His-Face that did it the first time around, but Donna Summer is the one it's known for from MacArthur Park. Um, I've waited my entire life for this. Bernice has left her cake out in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, she's there, wakes up and this cake just smushed all down the all side. All down her face, yep. Yeah. If you've not listened to MacArthur Park, Someone Left the Cake Out in the Rain is a classic. Absolutely amazing song. We'll have to find that one. I'll stick you it in the podcast to. at this point. Absolutely. And, and on a side note, Richard and Cake made me a birthday cake that had MacArthur Park. On top, ah. of MacArthur Park, on top of MacArthur Park. So I had a cake and the lyrics to someone left the cake out in the rain all on it. So yeah, there might be a Brilliant. bit of an obsession going on there. I don't Maybe. Know. I'm not sure. Um we'll not yes, they, they go on the they go on the drive, they then start to it's very quick to get to um Alice Springs now. Yes. Um and they arrive there and Stephen Elliott is actually playing the guy on the door. Oh right. So he actually gets cameo in there as well. Yeah. Um, so they arrive, thank you. Um, and this is where we start to, to see uh, Marion, who we've not actually met yet. No, nope, just heard lots about. We've heard her on the phone. We've got kind of impression based on bits of conversation yeah. um, that they've had, which is very little. Yes. Um, and we get to see her and very, very maternal looking, quite frumpy. Um, yeah. If you yeah. Kind of like. There's nothing. Not what you expected, I would have said. Just normal, and, and yeah. that's the really nice thing. It's all of these characters, none of them are your your, your stereotypical, no, um, glamorous leads. No. It's not not at you all. Know, your and Julia Roberts kind of wives, and mm. these are they look like normal people that yep. live on your street and not yep. as kind of glamorous, you know, just normal from around here. Yeah. Um, and the, the, the relationship that they've got and the banter between them, and mm. he calls her wifey and she calls him husband. And mm. it's clear that they've got such a, uh, still got such a good friendship, yep. despite the fact that their marriage didn't work, you know, yeah, for yeah. whatever reasons that's never, never addressed. We don't well, ever hear that. Out. The fact that he's um, gay and so is she could be part of it. <laughs> Could be, but you never know. You know. Um, so they talk about the dresses that she she lent him or gave yeah, to him. Yeah, they do. They all that type of stuff. Yeah, um, and how he's still so thin. Um, and then they get to meet Benji, and we get to meet um his son, who's about nine years old. Yes. And it's at this point where he's finally meeting him that we get Bernadette and Bob and Adam walk in and go <gasps> shock horror and. Bernadette collapses because you know that's one yeah. <laughs> one shock too much for her. Yeah. And it's a really nice little scene. It goes to a flash, kind of like a dream sequence flash, kind of flashback from yeah. when at the very beginning, um, we when she he has a phone call from from Marion, it yeah. cuts to the hospital and we've got the doctor and three nurses and this and time him in a chandelier dress, yeah, <laughs> all lit up with a yes. cigar in his hand. And this time it cuts to exactly the same sequence, but instead of three nurses, we've actually got Bernadette as a nurse and Adam as a nurse. Yeah. And we've got Bob as a nurse as well in the background, yeah. not bits and everything. And and it's one of the things that no matter how many times I've forced uh, Richard to watch this, he, he <laughs> wasn't until he was like, was that the same shot? It's like, no. Weren't they in the first one? No. no. Were you not paying attention? Um, and so she's <laughs> replacing these characters in it and... Yeah, she wakes up with a bump on the head and she's really disappointed that he didn't tell her and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, and how excited he is to, to be in his life and everything. But yeah. he still doesn't want Benji to see him performing. 
No, no, so, he doesn't. He, he doesn't want me to even think that he is a drag queen because he then, as yeah. you said earlier, he then does the whole put on his macho clothing because they're going out for a picnic. Yeah, in because the that's not what dad is supposed to be. No, is he? You know, no. That they're very much you know, mum is female and feminine. Yep. Dad has to be masculine and butch and do all this kind of stuff. But it doesn't play butch um, very well. No, no, he doesn't. Does he? he plays insecure butch quite well, doesn't yes. he? Um, but he, yeah, it's like he's not going to see this. Not going to see it, is he? And they they get ready, and Bob, you know, comes and and surprises them with flowers, and again, yeah. a very much gentleman esque. Yeah. And they go and put on this fabulous um, little drag performance. Yes. Which showcases all of these wonderful outfits. But still, Terence looks so cheesed off throughout all of it. He doesn't he? Doesn't perform well, does he? He just doesn't look he, like he wants to be there at all through yeah. any of it. Considering he's supposed <laughs> to be one of the the stars of Les Girls and got this whole history of behind him, he just doesn't. Yeah, look he just like looks he so kind there. of uncomfortable and yeah. like <laughs> I, I just so apathetic in all of his actions. Yes, and his dance routine. Um, but yeah, it, it was all filmed just in like one day. Was that as well? They managed to yeah. do that in, in just one, one, t- one setting. And the, there's the odd little continuity in, issue in there of them. They, the when they dress up as the frill neck lizards, uh, frill neck dragon. Uh, yes. Lizards, they've got blue tongues, but Terence wouldn't have his tongue painted blue. And then he oh, finally. Right. So there's a nice little shot without the tongue, and then he he finally caved in because he didn't want to be a spoiled spot. <laughs> but you can see where they've been trampling on like the paper mache tails. Yeah, um, they've been dancing through, and you know, yeah. just feathers falling apart towards the end. And yeah. it's just it's a lovely, lovely it's, little routine. It is, but it's all done to one just one song, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And they all um, seem to have their finally. own. Yeah, finally, yes, they all seem to have their own parts. To that song so every time they change set and costumes Outfit, they change yeah. singer or they change um, mimer I, yeah performer yeah. performer, yeah. performer. I, I my favorite i think out that it has to be felicia so um guy pierce he he's the one for me that comes across as the most amazing yeah. in, in that routine uh, of it he all, seems but... to really want to do it though he seems very into it he performs yeah. well yes yeah. and at the very end, then they come out in these lovely kind of like the Marie Antoinette-esque um, yes. Sydney Opera House outfits that all yes. light up. Yeah. And we get to see Tick um, seizing the audience at the very back. Benji's sat there with his mum. Yeah. And then, oh my God, panic. And then he collapses off stage. Yeah. Um, which is quite a nice little joke later on about if that's how he ends all of his performances. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's like, you lied to me. Why did you do that? It's like, you know, Get over it. He can make his own mind up about his Absolutely, parents. Absolutely, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Things. Um, well, that's that whole thing of of getting to see that his son is accepting of all ways of life and doesn't seem to have a problem with any of it. He's just well, he's my dad, and it doesn't matter what he does. Oh yeah, and he's working in a. He lives in a casino. Yeah, he? a Hollywood yeah. casino with the campest of of doormen. Yeah, there, and his, his mum is bisexual, so yeah. he's not going to have any issues is he yeah, and he's seen it all hasn't he let's be honest so yeah it's, yeah. it's about context so you know tick's not necessarily going to know that is he that no. you know he's going to live the sheltered life or how she's um bringing him up and oh. he's he's asking marion all these questions about well, what do you want me to to say to him it's like yeah you know, how, how am i going to deal with him as a as a kid and it's like well you know 
you tell him the truth. If he doesn't like it, he can buy his own ticket home. You know, he's old yeah. enough to make up his own mind. Absolutely, yes. Um, yeah. You know, if he want you know morals, he can judge them himself later on. Yeah. Um, and there's another really, really lovely line. It's like, what do you assume I tell him? It's like, assumption is the mother of all fuck-ups. Don't yeah. ever assume anything. Be honest with him. If you don't like it, it can lump it. And yeah. that, that's quite a nice attitude from a really... Is, yeah, like, absolutely, yeah, yeah. how I've done it. Just be honest with him and... Yeah, tell him the truth. Be fine. Yeah. He can make his own mind up, can't he? Yeah. So they have this lovely... They go on this lovely day trip to get over it. But yeah, like we've been saying, he tick dresses up in... The, the full-on kind of <laughs> macho you know, yeah. Dun, Dundee. Try, and, and this is what's really interesting about the film, though, in the whole world. We can talk about the colours and the yeah. outfits that the drag queens are wearing. And then they go on this little day trip to a little, you know, like, um, oasis kind of pool, yeah. lake area and a picnic. And they're all dressed so dowdy and so yeah. muted. Yeah. And out of the character that we've start, already seen, you know, Bernadette is quite neutral and everything that she wears apart she is, when she's yeah. on stage anyway yes. um Felicia's all over the place with <laughs> anything that he, he's got yeah and they just so blend into the background yes and it kind of like bringing her like the kind of metaphors on you know is this what we're supposed to do is society expecting us to yes. blend into it... the background and not stand out and not be different yeah and yeah a nice little game of um charade where yes um Benji pretends to be Lindy Chamberlain which Richard didn't really know much about when um, I forced him to watch it the other day. Um, and it came to light on RuPaul's Drag Race for him. Um, Lindy Chamberlain is the lady who was accused of murdering her child. Um, it got stolen out of a tent um, yes. by a dingo. Yes. Um, so the whole the dingo stole my baby line yes. from being replayed and everything. And yeah. so you've kind of got to have that contextual knowledge of what was going on at the time. Yeah. Because otherwise that charade game does not make sense to it. Not at all. No, not at all. No, uh, no. You can, it's those little bits. That it's quite clearly made for that Australian audience at time with this you know, global appeal. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I, I never really paid that much attention to it for, for a long, long time. And like, Oh, Oh, that's who it is. Right. I know what that is now. Yeah. And they soon yeah, starts so to make sense. Yeah, so they they decide that this day trip, this is where they're going to go and climb up Kings Kings Canyon. Um, yes, Benedict in full drag. In full drag, yeah, they have to go get changed. So, yeah, um, Benedict convinces Adam that it's time, and and Tick's like, "No, go without me." Mm. It's like, oh, fair enough. So off they trot, and he goes and has a couple of minutes on his own with Benji. It's like, yes, I don't just do women, you know. I I do other singers, and he, he mentions Ellen John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gary Glitter, which hasn't aged well, hasn't that? Not really, all. no, no. Um, and Benny's like, oh, will you do ABBA? I'm not supposed to know about the ABBA show. <laughs> uh, he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll do ABBA. You, do you know course, what your dad is? Because um, Bernadette doesn't like the ABBA show. She mentions several times we're not doing ABBA oh, through the whole thing. Yeah, she, she? Hates, yeah she hates ABBA. And the, yeah. the, the film actually got in trouble with the um, ABBA fan club in America because there's a scene earlier on um, Adam has in his suitcase a little glass bottle. Yes. And it is, a, is a, a remnant of what he describes as um, an abhorred. <laughs> and yes. the fan club, they, they said it was disrespectful. Um, oh, now, come on. <laughs> and they tried to boycott the film, get the fan club to boycott the film. And Stephen Elliott has always said that he got to the point where they're not sure how true this story is, but it was told to them 
about this this piece of tabba poo um, actually <laughs> existing. Uh, All right. What story was actually real and how many people whether it's a fable or it's just been passed around that many people that they're not quite sure anymore right. <laughs> yeah she they just don't like bernice really does not like abba no she doesn't no no um so benji to to address the abba show as mum's told me about it i want to see you perform at abba yeah. and when tick kind of questions you know you, you do know what i am don't you it's like Mum says you're the best in the business. Yeah, yeah. Well, your mum was prone to exaggeration, but it kind of cements for for Tick that do you know what? This is who he thinks I am. Absolutely. I'm a performer. I'm a showman. Yeah, it's not something I should be embarrassed by, and he he accepts that this is what I am. Yeah, and so sweeps him up in a big wave of love, and it's like, yeah. come on, like where are we going? Oh, we're going to unleash the best in the business, and then yeah. you see the three of them walk in their full showgirl tits and glamour um, <laughs> up King Canyon um, yeah. to survey the surroundings and I don't, I don't know whether it's kind of like the whole wow we've got here and this overwhelmingness of we've made it yeah. or to realise that this is this all it is yeah. and there's still and there's like this vast amount of space yeah. um, which it took them an entire day to get up there so the actual shot of them from the back so the top was filmed on the ground uh, yeah. lower down. We're yeah. told that they had to leave enough light to get back down and the water. Oh, right, okay. Down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's like it's, it just goes on forever and ever. It and does, ever. yeah, yeah. It's a massive what, what do you want to do now? I want to go home. Yeah. I just want to go home. It's like okay, right. Well you've done what you came to do. That's bucket list ticked off. Um and then it cuts to back to the the Lassiter's where you know the hotel and everything we yeah. see them getting ready to to go home yeah to which we've got Marion quite happily letting her kid go off with dad and yep. gonna live with him for a while so excited about that and crazy aunt Felicia yep so we we go back to Lassiter's and was getting to see the final um few minutes of the film is this whole lovely resolution where everybody seems happy and they're about to get back on the bus and if you see uh, Marion's handing Benji over to Tick and yep. Adam's excited and they're waiting on, on Bernadette and her um, suitcase and everything. And if you look closely, you've got um, Bob comes out and he's got this name badge on. So yes. if you're paying attention and you can see, oh, has he now got a job there? I thought that straight away as soon as I saw it, actually, yeah. So, and, and that's kind of addressed. Um, but then they're waiting for, for Bernadette to come out and she, she comes out in a lovely, you know, white, um, flimsy little um, chiffon blouse kind of thing. Yeah. Um, looking quite sheepish. And she's like, they're like, well, where are your bags? Oh, they're in my room. What, what do you mean? I, I've decided I'm going to stay. Yeah. And, and so, oh, you're deciding to tell us now? <laughs> so like, well, actually, I knew a few weeks back, you know, when she, she told me. So she's going to stay and run. It's like. Yeah. Who who are you who who do you get to be angry at? Are you angry at Marion for not telling you? Are you angry at Bernadette for not telling you? Yeah. And they, you know, Tick goes over, gives her a nice big hug and checks that are you sure this is what she wants? And a recurring line that's come up quite a few times in, in the film is, Well, I'll never know if unless I give it a go. Yeah. Which I think it's quite a nice motto, isn't it, of, of life. You, you don't know until you try it. Yeah, it's, it's um, a nice sentiment, isn't it? It's a good way to for anyone to live yeah. their life that you never know until you give it a try and they're all just yeah. doing their best, aren't they? To, to fit in whatever way they can. So yeah, yeah. and 
Tick says to her that it doesn't matter, you know, he's as jealous as all hell. And it, repeating back to her what she said about him being married and having yep. this opportunity of having a wife and potentially being still able to have a family and when they're discussing about why she didn't and, and things. Yeah. Um, so she's there and we can assume that yeah. she's staying with Bob. Yeah. So Bob get together and they're going to yeah, look after yeah, the yeah. hotel for a few weeks. Yeah, yeah. She's got her happy ending. She's found somebody that, you know, treats her properly. Like a gentleman. A gentleman. Yeah. We've yeah. got a proper gentleman there, haven't we? Yeah. Um, and Tick, Benji and, and Adam all decide to, you know, they're on the bus and you've got Tick driving off into the sunset and yep. Benji and Adam having a full-on time of their life in the back yep. of that bus. They're loving it, aren't they? Yeah. Them singing along to the only ABBA song in the entire film. Yes. Uh, and which is then, um, it continues on into the, the bar and yeah. the performing mafia on the stage. Yeah. And Benji is operating the spotlight on them. Yeah. You know, to do the ABBA show for him. Stage. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's, it's just that lovely, full-on happy ending. He's, he's it is, there with his, his food and, you know, Felicia has had her moment in uh, of her dream come true, stood yeah, on top yeah, of that rock, yeah. and is back performing with the walls of suburbia, kicking out the bad guys, back to where they're appreciated. And the round of applause and the elation that yes. they get at the end of the ABBA act, compared to yeah. at the beginning when he, he's singing, uh, Charlene, I've never been to me, and nobody's really yeah. paying attention. And throwing exactly, yeah, beer yeah. cans at him. And, and yeah. it, um, it, it's so lovely to see. And yeah. You know, ticker tape and cannons going off and yeah and it's, a, it's a proper happy ending isn't it it's yeah they, happy they for everybody. Whole, yeah everyone's got what they wanted from this journey and they've all found themselves and it, it, it's come around nicely everyone's story gets properly stitched up and everything's okay isn't it yeah 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 um it, it's just a, such, such a beautiful kind of... yeah um let's just kind of I guess that's that's pretty much the film, isn't it? What are your sort of standout moments? Then, what are your favourite moments in the film? What's the ones that you kind of look forward to when you rewatch them? Oh, the 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 line in the bar with Shirley. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the the first line of um, Bernadette addressing um, Adam, and that is he's a great little performer, twenty four seven. And the whole cock in a frock on a rock. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, you can't help but smile. Yeah. Um, yeah. For the, um, and someone left the cake out in the rain. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but I think some of the best bits, it's definitely like the ver- singing Verdi on top of the, the bus. Yes. Um, just that, that beautiful, iconic shot of, of oh, yeah. standout yeah. silver against this dusty red background. Yeah. And yeah. so I do really look forward to. To, to that, that. <laughs> okay. I do. Um, but also, the, looking for the the extras and things, knowing that in Lassiter's in the casino, are you, are you still there? You've got, oh, yeah, you've got I'm still here. Yes, sir. I can hear you. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I know you froze like that. <laughs> um, all right. I do no, that. No, yeah, so knowing that <laughs> the the Lassiter's casino um, sequences as well, with all of the fact that it's it's crew that are in all of the shots in there yeah. so there is um lizzie chapel one of the um costume designers she plays one of the maids 
it's a when tick and marion are having a conversation um you see a clearing up behind them and stealing bits of chocolate cake from the table and <laughs> and things like that which is quite nice to see yeah. um and then you've got tim um the other costume designer who appears as a drag queen at the very end of the credit sequence oh is that um, who that is yeah sat in that what looks like a dentist an old-fashioned kind of like barber's yes. dentist chair yes of singing save the best till last yeah um, but then it's remembering that there's also the end credit sequence of the um the blow up sex doll that they've been using as a kite in the yes. desert at one point yes. that they let go of appears in a kind of like a, a Tibetan monk garden. Yeah, um, yeah. It's all pretty mon- monastery kind of music, and this illuminous pink sex doll just flies in. Um, <laughs> yes, it's a, nice... a way to end the entire film. Yeah, it's a nice um, after credits sting, isn't it? That they, they like doing these films. It pulls it back to that absurdity of some Absolutely, of the yeah. scenes and, yeah. and, and the contrast um, yeah. of it. Uh, that That's what just tickles me with, with that last little bit. Yeah. Out yeah. of all of it. See, I was, cool. was going to ask you about um, your favourite put-downs because there's some good put-downs in this. My, my favourite one is the... Um, Tick says to Adam at one point, there's two things I hate about you. Your face, to shut both of them. Which I think is a fantastic um, line. There's, there's, see, my, my problem that I've got as well when I watch it, I've seen the musical so many times. Right. Sometimes I, I'm quoting lines from the musical, expecting ah, them right. to be there. But they're not. And they're not, um, and they're not there, which, again, is, is quite funny in itself because yep. I know what should be coming. Right. Um, but um, I do like the line when they're, they're sat there having breakfast, waiting for to be saved, and Bernadette's got a bowl of tablets. Yes. And everybody else has got like Cheerios. Yes. And he, he tells to shut up and eat a hormone. Yes. Um, but again, it's quite nice one. It gets slightly offensive nowadays, but um, well, possibly. But... Yeah. The I think the Shirley one's the best one. Yes, it is. The, the, the whole like your temple one. Whole, yeah. Yeah, that that has to be my favorite. Just yeah. I know that I, I don't ever think I'll be in a situation where I can use. That. No. <laughs> I, I wonder if you'd want to be in a situation where you can use it. Yeah, <laughs> I think that might be a little scary, to be honest. Yes, yes. The fear for my life or what yeah. might happen if I said that to somebody. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, musical. We'll talk about the musical briefly because obviously you've mentioned it a few times. How, what's the differences between the film and the musical? Are there major differences, or is it just different songs that type of thing? The musical, it, it was adapted by Stephen as well. And right. The costume designers were still involved heavily in it. Um, one of the, the major difference is rather than it being quite dry comedy in the film, yep. this is quite explicit humour within that. Right. So I um, think that when in the film, when we're introduced to, to Benji and Tick's getting really excited and he's saying to yeah. the, uh, the girls in the change rooms, oh, uh, isn't isn't he gorgeous? He's got my uh, my profile in in the musical. It's very much uh, he's got my eyes. And then Adam turns around and goes, "Oh yes, has he got your eyeliner too?" So that the camping <laughs> up some of the laughs a little right, bit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the manner is so the the fight scene with Frank and Bernadette. Yeah. Um, is played up for laughs. Right. Um, a little bit more before she she beats him up. And, yeah. Uh, and and the just the phrasing a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's all the same. It follows exactly the same plot line. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for the majority, of the music is there. Like so they play pop music. Um, yeah. 
you know, the New York, London, Paris music. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, that one for um, the <laughs> the ping pong ball scene. Um, <laughs> shaky groove thing still in there. Um, they use the song finally as their finale. That's one ah, of the right. uh, okay. things. Um, so they don't do the ABBA number at the end? No, it's, and there's no ABBA in it all. It was ah, right. all very Kylie um, in the original Australian and British. And then when Cyndi Lauper um, produced it in America, they removed... Uh, they removed I've Never Been To Me as the opening number and replaced it with It's Raining Men. All right, okay. Heartbroken about. So yeah. I love that song. Um, they have uh, things like Hot Stuff is still playing when the, he's going out on the town. Yeah. Um, uh, I Love The Nightlife is in there, just a little bit discoed up. Yeah. Um, it's all a bit, it's very kitsch, it's very disco is the musical. Yeah. Whereas everybody says that the, 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 the movie's, disco 1970s on it's like not there's the, the songs range from the 1930s in that they do uh, yeah yeah so all, all the way through and like i say only one abba song yeah but yeah, everything is kind of highly orientated which is quite nice right, okay. yeah <laughs> within it um yeah. i do highly recommend it um something very controversial is that jason donovan's producing this one and if you're a purist and you preferred him starring, because when it was first um, brought to the UK, he originated the role of Tick. Right. So he was aired to play um, Felicia in the movie. Right, yes, uh, yeah, you said that earlier, yeah. yeah. So he then took on board the role of Tick, and he did a grand job of it, absolutely. Yeah. I was going to marry him when I was nine, though, so I might be a little biased. Slightly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, now that he's producing it... Um, it's still a really fun show. I just I right. miss the original costumes that were right. very much taken from from the film. Right, um, so they've got very different costumes in it, have they? They've changed it up a little bit, um, right? But it's still a, a worthwhile while it's on tour. It's coming to the Grand in July, right? And good buy one get one free offers. I'm still advertising them for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you're interested in in seeing the difference, I'll get in touch with the Grand now and see if they can um, <laughs> sponsor the podcast then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's just feel good, um, and I think I think that's the main thing. If something's so so uplifting, yeah, and I think even without the 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 you know the the popular music that's in the musical, you still get that from the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you, know, yeah. you walk out feeling just good about it all. Well, and... You do. You you finish the film feeling better than when you went in probably because you feel happier for it it's it's not yeah, one of those films full closure and that, that's what yeah need. yeah it's not one of those films that makes you go oh it's a definite ah oh, yeah yeah i feel happy about that everyone's happy everyone's finished it. it's it's nice and then you have got that final scene with the, the sex doll that just makes you laugh again at the end so it, it's all it's all yeah, good from absolutely. that point of view yeah um and go on I'm quite glad I've not managed to to go into full on film teacher mode with the <laughs> analysis at all. I've done quite well in, in that. Um, well, you can if you want, but I was trying to keep it as just a nice <laughs> chat, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's better sometimes. There you go. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. Just a few sort of final bits. Um, how do you think it holds up nowadays? It's come up for nearly thirty years old. Do you think it still holds up against our modern films yeah i think the the actual story is quite timeless i think th- there's a lot of research out there that um th- people have done lots of essays uh, that are quite critical of the like misogyny mm. of the plane up to 
um, the stereotypes within it, the yeah. fact that they're still playing on traditional female male roles. Yeah. Um, but I think in terms of a classic and a particularly cult kind of film, yeah. And it fits very much kind of like with the, if you do think like Strictly Ballroom kind of Bad Lerma kind of style of yeah, originals, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. not, much, it's still got that timeless kind of quality about yeah. it. Um, and because the, the, it's such a simplistic, straightforward narrative, I think most most people will watch past that. Yes. Um, yeah. They won't, they won't over-read into it. Um, but it, it, time changes so much and, yeah. and everything. You can find a problem with absolutely every film. Of course you can, um, yeah. That yeah. You've ever yeah. Um, if you think back to Disney and all of their movies. Um, so I think, yeah, if you ignore some of the... Well, could be classed as quite offensive kind of stereotyping with like yes. Julie Cortez, even though she's willing. She, she was one that volunteered for the role. And, oh, absolutely, and yeah. Said, I yeah. need to do it. Um, if you take the context out of it, I think yeah, it, it, what they set out to do wasn't to upset or offend. No, I don't think it was. No, it's what people have kind of read into it when they've been finding things to research and yeah. complain about more than anything. That, that's people, though, isn't it? They'll try and complain yeah. about anything, regardless of what, where it comes from. Yeah. Um, Okay, big question. Can you do me an advert for it, like 30 seconds why I should watch this film? Wait, it's just 30 seconds worth of it. Um, well, you can make it a bit longer if you want to, but, you know. So in terms of um, Priscilla Queen in the Desert, it, it's that feel-good movie. Um, it's a classic story uh, of about finding yourself an identity um, set as a road trip movie. Um, if you like the dry humour, if you like camp, um, it's definitely within the um, stunning backgrounds, the, the, just the scenery. If you want to see some just beautiful shots of you know, the, the Australian outback, um, it's definitely the film to watch just for those, those amazing landscape views that you get in there. Um, and you can't beat just a little bit of Guy Pearce. <laughs> Guy um, Pierce looking, he has his top off quite a bit within the movie, so you've got some eye candy to watch amongst this ruggedness of all of the other you know, typical Australian men that are in there. See, I thought you were going to say, you can't beat the nightlife, but you didn't go there. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. no. I love the nightlife. I got to Boogie on the disco round. Yeah. Well I can keep going. You can't do the whole no, don't, song. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> yeah, please don't talk about love tonight. You're sweet talking, but yeah, I'll show up. <laughs> yeah, please do. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, I think that's probably it. Is there anything else you want to cover that you don't think you've covered so far that I can edit in? Or um, the oh, the best one, the um, the funeral scene at the beginning. Yes. Uh, is actual real drag queens. They oh, are they all? Yes, they pulled them. They, were, they wanted as many real people, real drag queens as possible, and yeah. they, they put adverts out for like a nine o'clock casting call, and it did that nobody would turn up. Oh no! Like, of course not. They're all in the bar. Well, yeah, of course, yeah. The morning, not a nine o'clock audition. So they basically no. went and paid people um, to stay out all night, and they filmed <laughs> that in the morning. Um, people rocking up after the club kind of thing. So <laughs> I think that really helps with that realism, and because it's such on such a low budget, why all the shots yeah, yeah. Are, are filmed on the road? And if yeah. you watch, if if you wanted to watch it back really closely, they had one half of the bus painted and the other half not. 
So all of the shots of the bust in silver are going one direction. And ah. all the shots of the um, pink are going in the other direction. <laughs> never noticed so, that. Yeah. I'll, I'll things, watch I, that back. I need to watch it again and again just to, to check. But yeah. It, yeah, I love it. And I do I do have the, the screenplay. I do have... Somewhere. The, the, <laughs> somewhere. It's with you there. Oh, look at yeah, that. Wow. Look at that. Yeah. So full-on actual screenplay wow. uh, of everything. Uh, that works really well on, on audio only, that has to be said. I know. I was <laughs> um, and there's a really, really good book called The Lavender Bus, which is right. which is what they wanted to call the film. Because the, the, when, um, when the painting, um, the, the bus, they wanted it to actually be lavender and it wasn't. It came out as salmon kind of surprise. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... It, it kind of charts, it's written by Stephen and it, it's, it charts like the background and the process of getting it to Cannes and yeah. all that kind of stuff and the issues that they had with getting it there and yeah. where all the funding came from and all that kind of stuff um, and all the little intricacies of filming and, and throughout and, and everything, which is quite, it's a lovely read if you're interested in more of the detail behind the films. Um, and there's a BFI, is it a BFI book? There's definitely another book that shows you the film and the making of by one of the other producers and, and stuff. We'll have to have a look at Millions of essays, millions I'll of essays online. Put a link to the books in the um, the show notes so people can yeah. find that if they want to. Right, um, I think that's it. So thank you very much for joining me on this podcast, Emma. Oh, no, you're welcome. Yeah, I I can talk about it for a long while. I, so. I can tell. <laughs> I'll say bye bye for Yeah, well, yeah. we might we might do another one. You never know, right? <laughs> do you want to talk to me about it after this? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I don't mind talking to anyone. Me, that's the thing. <laughs> thanks again to Emma for meeting me on Zoom for that chat, and thanks to you guys for listening all the way to the end. Next time, I will be talking to Ian Robinson, a really really old friend of mine. Uh, about the wonderful film, Shaun of the Dead. Here's Ian's trail. It's a story about friendship, and it's a story about family, and it's a story about love. And in a small part, it's about the community and where we fit and where we feel safe and how we interact with other people. But seriously, no, it's not really. It's, it's, it's a funny horror film. Um, I think it's well-placed without trying to be too clever. Um, it's a pastiche. It plays homage to seminal movies in the genre, and it nails it, and it does it with respect. And and it in no way lampoons them, and I think that's where it really works, is it's just it's a good little horror film. But essentially, it's a rom-com with zombies. Thanks for that, Ian, and thanks again to you guys for listening all the way to the end. Bye-bye for now. Finally, thanks to Acast for hosting the website and to Max Smith for the theme tune composition. To get in touch with the podcast, remember that website is www.myfavoritefilm.com.